Everybody, Merry Christmas to you. Cable Smith welcoming each and every one of you into episode 59 of Justified Pursuit. Riding shotgun, as always, my good friend, the counselor himself, Chisholm Cook. Good to see you again. It was just, uh, seems like it was just yesterday we were in camp together. Uh, I think it was. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. You know, we've got, to, we've got to see each other twice in the last two weeks, which I think we generally see each other once or twice a year. So it's been cool. Yeah, that has been cool. I'd say it's twice. Like we always do a turkey hunt, and then it seems like we either go fishing or deer hunting or something. So, or uh, yeah, well, until I started slacking on you, we were doing our you know September thing every year. Yeah, that's true. That, that slacking period is over with. Yeah, but I think you're going to like Wyoming or something and doing a. I may still do. I may still do a public hunt. It's still it's a it's a public hunt, dude. Oh, it is okay. And you were invited. We've been yeah. over this twice here recently. Mucho dinero. I mean, not as far as those go. Yeah. But uh, I may still just come backwoods or backcountry rough it with you and do two elk trips. Make up for lost time. Because that like one it. is a rifle hunt. And yeah. And you so. have like archery stuff tattooed on your body. <laughs> <laughs> I do not. It's just an elk. <laughs> I do have uh, Psalms. Wow, I can't think of the citation. 34, 834, I think, which is uh, he strengthens my hands for battle so my arms can bend a bow made of bronze. Uh-huh. So, yeah. um, eight, I think it's 1834. Yeah, we'll obviously <clears throat> left a lasting impression on you. So, Oh, shut up. <laughs> I brought my bow to the ranch just last week. <laughs> it's hanging nicely in my cabin. <laughs> yeah, so we had an awesome time. Uh, one much needed for Henry and I because we had to put Belle down on Monday morning, which, you know, she's had cancer for three months that we've known about. They said three to six month life expectancy. Who knows how long she had it before we started yeah. seeing any symptoms. But uh, we gave her a heck of a last season. Um, and she picked up eight ducks on Saturday, which was like 36 hours before we put her down. Went hunting. So her, her normal self. But uh, they let you know when it's time to go. And we were like, you know, this dog is starting to really have a hard time breathing at night, especially. And then Monday morning, we had decided it was the day. And, and you're always questioning, well, is it really the day? Is, is the dog telling us she's done? And then that morning, dude, blood just coming out of her nose. She's having a hard time breathing. Um, it was certainly time. And, and she, the fact that she let us know, I mean, not on purpose, but it was the the right closure we needed. So then Henry and I cried the whole six and a half hours to your, your ranch. Well, we would take turns, you know, one of us would cry and then we'd go 15 minutes with no tears. And then the other one would cry. And, and he's asking, like I told you in camp, all these questions about life and death and why do bad things happen to good people or good dogs, you know? So a lot of uh, opportunity through blurry eyes to, explain life essentially to an eight-year-old almost nine-year-old so i'm sure your kids have asked those questions too yeah we've had some of those talks um i think i mentioned this while we were down there but uh i can't it it played out i think the way god needed it to or wanted it to for y'all where you had an opportunity to spin that quality i mean what what 
where do you have better conversations about this stuff than driving down the highway? You know what right. I mean? Windshield There's time. Nothing right? else like, to do. You can't avoid it. When absolutely. The question's asked. Yeah. yeah. And you know, there's, there's no distractions. There's no television. There's nobody to walk in and butt in. And so having that time and then, yeah, getting to, uh, get some more deer, deer stand time <clears throat> to, um, you know, act as a little bit of, a, uh, analgesic. Is that the right word? Mm, um, pain, pain reliever. Good, What's though. the word I'm looking for? Um, I just anesthetize it. I think that's yeah. analgesic. whatever. Um, yeah. Did y'all talk on the way back? Like, like we had talked about, about, uh, how sort yeah, of a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I told you like the initial response I gave him was, well, if only good things happen, then we'd be pretty self-sufficient. And why would we even need God? Right. Like, yeah, we wouldn't. So, I mean, it was a lot more detailed than that, but that was the gist of the, of my answer to that question. Um, but yeah, it's tough. Like, they're a little inquisitive mind has a hard time wrapping it, wrapping themselves around those thoughts of, you know, and, and all three of the kids were holding the dog when she died. You know, we, we didn't, yeah. we, we gave him the option. I was like, I'm going to stay in here. Aaron's like, I'll go out with anyone that wants to, or I'll stay if everyone wants to stay. And of course they all, nobody wanted to leave. So she died. Did y'all do the at home thing or did y'all take her? No, to no. So, just like timing wise, you have to schedule those things out. Yeah. Um, and we were kind of on a day to day plan. So sure. We didn't, uh, well, well until, um, to be honest with you until Saturday afternoon, no, we went duck hunting Saturday, Sunday, she wouldn't get out of bed. And I was like, oh, she didn't want to eat. And until then we were planning on bringing the dog to the ranch with us. So well, I guess when it hit me was when I took my shotgun and quail loads out of my, you know, it was all laid out because we went to my parents' house for Christmas Saturday or Sunday afternoon. And so I had right. everything already sitting out, ready to just throw in the truck Monday morning and hit the pavement. And I, you know, I was like, well, this stuff's not going now because um, we're putting her down in the morning. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was a good 11 years, though. She, she gave everything she had until the end. Yep. Rest in peace, old girl. Yep. Like I so, told you, I do think um you, you know, told me you to put her down two months ago. So yeah. Whatever. <laughs> and I, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that I would do it differently, but yeah. I do think you gave her one hell of a last hunting season. So yeah, good job. Appreciate it. Yep. Uh and we had a hell of a, a hunt at the ranch. So it was uh whatever the word is, which you butchered there a minute ago, but it was the therapy that was needed for, for Henry and I and, and, and a, a guy's about. weekend, you know, like last time we came, the girls came, three of your yeah. daughters were there and it was chaos. You know, most of the time it was beautiful chaos to have everyone there. But mm -hmm. uh, this was more of a, a guy's trip where we cooked meat that we killed. You cooked it on a grill it's not a grill what is it? you cooked it over embers on some cool thing you can like it's a grill it. it's an asado grill it's an argentinian style grill yeah you build a fire That's awesome yeah. in a fire pit and then you move good hot coals uh into the grill and the only main thing is that the grill moves up and down so you can get it like exactly where you want yeah. it yeah. as you're cooking but i love cooking on that thing 
But to your oh, point, we just job. didn't even get out plates. We just uh, had a cutting Four board dudes next to the, the grill. And, yeah, just <laughs> cut a piece off, somebody eat it. Cut a piece yeah. off, somebody eat it. It's great. Me, there were no veggies or sides either. No, it was just none. You could have your choice of uh, backstrap with a side of a couple different options of sausage. Right. Your sides, Two or three so. sausages and some delicious backstrap. Yeah. What I think Henry need? did hear more bad words than he's probably ever heard before. Um, yeah. Your buddy Luke bit. doesn't have a sensor. <laughs> Luke's probably listening to this and he's like, oh, dang it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, I, and I hung out with Luke because y'all been friends since junior high multiple times over the years, offshore fishing, your wedding and stuff, but never had the chance to really, you know, in those settings, everyone's just, just yeah. celebrating and it's crazy. And so it was uh, nice to get to know him a little bit. Yeah. He said the same thing, by the way, he texted me yesterday. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. He also so, followed up with me this morning to make sure to clarify that he realizes the CCC is the CCP is bad. I think what, <laughs> what he was trying to say the other, the other morning was that the Chinese people are not, but right. he does acknowledge that the CCP is bad. And I, uh, I granted him that so is the U.S. government quite clearly from what we've documented. Uh, you know, yeah, bombing yeah. bombing in, innocent Afghani children and then basically just laughing it off. So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, um, the hunt itself though. Henry Chai's first buck. So, well, that was a little anticlimactic, but yeah, he sure did. <laughs> yeah, that sure was did. our. I, I I did the calculation over the last trip, two trips down there. That was our seventh sit. Uh, trying to get him, or you know, there was really two bucks that we were right. that really interested in. But this was uh, you. He ended up with the the one we really wanted him to get. Oh yeah, for, for sure. sure. We had some options, but this was numero uno. Nice old eight point, <clears throat> yeah. symmetrical South Texas rack. He does have a pretty little eight point rack on him. Yeah, real symmetrical. Um, spoiled rotten now for a first buck for a kid. I'm afraid. Ah. Yeah. yeah, but um, I told him. Well, there was this huge mud puddle like on the county road coming <laughs> into your property, and he we drove past it on the way to the ranch. He's like, can we go through that? I was like, absolutely not. I don't want to get my truck all dirty because then I'm going to have to unload the truck and I'm going to get dirty. Sure. He's like, please, yeah, please. And then he bothered me about it for the rest of the weekend because your buddy Luke had driven his truck through it on accident because he drove in in the dark. And right. like, look at his truck. It looks so cool. I was like, Henry, no, we're not doing that. Like, okay, fine. If you drop the deer in its tracks, I'll drive through the mud. <laughs> so that's what how it played it? out. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It was amazing. What is it about a muddy truck, man? Um, they do look cool. <laughs> like, you know, and your, your eight they year do. old knows it just as sure as hell as my 41 year old self knows it. <laughs> and it was fun going through it. And then yeah. now it's like looking at my truck. Well, now we got to deal with this, but that the today. smile on his face was, was worth it. He was so proud of, I think he's as proud of the truck as he was his deer. He was like, this, this is all me. I did this to this truck. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, he made a good shot. And the only little thing that happened was I had him shoot it again. Cause he kind of spined it, dropped it. The deer was facing towards us. And I was like, okay, shoot it one more time. Just kill it. Let's put it out of its misery. And its antlers were facing towards us. And I said, don't shoot the antlers. He's like, okay, dad. And he shot and boom, hear the thud. Okay. Good job. I walk up there before him and I was like, he shot the damn antler off. So that was the only thing that took a little shine off of it. But, you know, we very quickly explained to him how the taxidermist, especially since the antler was just sitting right there. 
It was only the last two points on one side. But yeah, the, the taxidermists can fix it right up. No big deal. What and Becky he, and Josh say? No sweat? Oh, yeah. They were like, oh, this is – no, we've had way worse. We were trying to make yeah. antlers out of thin air before, you <laughs> right. know. So, yeah, yeah they were like, no figured. big deal. That would be an easy patch job. Yeah. But uh, the kid was – Henry doesn't show a lot of external excitement. I think he actually – No, gets, he doesn't. He gets – um. He doesn't like the being lauded, like when right. he scores a goal or something. He's almost shy about it because everyone's cheering for him, and he, it just makes him like um, feel uncomfortable for whatever reason. But he's proud of himself. So you're like, does, does he is he not pumped up? I was like, he's really pumped up. But this is just how he he deals with it. Like <laughs> it's just his internal thing he does. I knew he was excited. He's yeah. a quiet, quiet kid. You yeah. could tell, and I remember as a kid, there's something special about getting uh, a pat on the back and attaboy some kind of acknowledgement acknowledgement from grandparent age people mm-hmm. you know what i mean like your dad yeah. tells you you do a good job you're pumped your dad's yeah. buddy tells you you do a good job you're pumped right but when like your grandfather or somebody else's grandfather is like there's there's like a little kind of magic shine that a granddad can put on a situation oh, yeah. like that his eyes you know lit I mean? up when your dad was talking to him that's what I felt like. And to dad's credit, props dad, he was the most excited he'd been and showing it about a dead yeah. deer in a long time. So he really gave him that good old grandpa uh, hoorah thing yeah. that I remember getting a couple of times back as a kid, you know, taking my first few deer. And yeah, so he came in and was just yeah. all fired up and, and you could tell, I felt like Henry responded to that more than anything I had seen as far as just like, Oh, wow, for cool. sure. It, it was like a two-way street. They they that they were feeding off each other. Yeah, great to watch that interaction. Yeah, yeah. Um, so now we're going to the after we are done recording today, we'll be going to the processor. Already dropped the deer off of the tax service, like we said, and then Henry will pick all the delicious cuts of meat that he wants from the processor, so that we can sit around a campfire again with no vegetables and <clears throat> eat meat. Speaking of that, um. So you guys got down there Monday evening. Uh, put y'all and Luke in blinds and uh, prep some some dinner. So I had Riley's buck, this nice, wide, mature ten point that she'd shot on the fourth of December, mm-hmm. and um, we were look. What was it? So then two weeks later was the twentieth. Monday was the twentieth. Is that right? Yeah, sounds right. You said so on Monday the twentieth. Yep, they were. He had been aging. I had skinned him, taken his head to the taxidermist, but the whole body was still laying in the walk-in on a tarp. And had gutted, been aging that whole time. Yeah, yeah, and gutted. Just, sorry. If anyone's not connected to given, I guess. Yeah. Uh, gutted and skinned and laying in there for 16 days. And I went and cut two chunks of backstrap off. Like the lower loin, which is from like the hip to the rib cage. Mm-hmm. And then a little bit on top of the rib cage. That chunk was probably what? eight, 10 inches long, I guess. And I got them prepped up uh, while y'all were out sitting, which was simply just salt and garlic and letting them come to room temperature with that salt on them. It acts as a dry brine, locks moisture in. And we got back from picking y'all up and I had the fire ready to start cooking and everything. And I picked up one of those chunks and we videoed it and put it on your Lone Star page. Interesting adjective, by the way. 
it's all i mean the only way to describe it was jiggly like (laughs) you could just it was so this this one chunk in particular because of the size of it was just so pliable in your hand it almost just like oozed out of it it was just like it it looks like so soft a 50 dollar filet that you would have bought somewhere yeah 100 percent. right i mean it it looks like a nice just chunk of filet that you could roll into a ball or you could just sort of smash it down a little bit it was it was just so jiggly yeah um (laughs) and we i rubbed a little olive oil on it with some pepper mixed into the olive oil and basted it some while it was sitting on the grill until it got to we ate that stuff like rare which was man it was good phenomenal yeah we ate a lot of people get grossed out by you know when, when you talk about aging something 16 days like People who don't have not you, done it themselves and haven't dedicated any time to understanding but, but it get very, very antsy about it. Even what, though they know that they go to a restaurant and yeah. it says aged filet mignon or whatever, and yep. they go to the HEB or the grocery store. And it, even though everybody knows aged, most people haven't seen what that means. Yeah. Right. And so it puts like it. a, it does, it's not black. It's just dark, dark maroon. Well, it's blackish. Little, Almost black, yeah. I would like say you're talking about the coloration of like rind out, yeah, on right. the out outside of the flesh, but you know that's what makes it so tender is that dry aging process. Which, yep, as you just said, if you go to a nice steakhouse, you're getting a dry aged steak most of the time. So, yep. and all you got to do is put a little, like I said, salt and then oil on that rind, and it comes back to life. Mm-hmm. Or disconnected from that as a society of like, but even more so like killing your own food and eating it. Well, go to the grocery stores. That's what most people do, right? Um, right. But then you don't you don't see those things that are common in certainly high end steakhouses and and all over North America, people are dry aging stuff. A lot of people up north don't even use a walk in cooler like you have. They just put it outside. Yeah, I remember. I think that was Ty Stubblefield. Um, either the year we hunted with him or maybe the year prior kills a cow elk and he just hangs it in his barn all winter hmm. just let it hang all winter and he'd go cut a chunk of meat off like we did when he wanted to eat uh-huh. but like for months you know yeah. it was a barn that if you were standing inside of it you could see light through the slats right so it was there was it was Air whatever flow. temperature the ambient temperature was outside all all winter he, they left it out there for like i said months yeah um you know when you age beef down to make like a, a New York age strip out of it or ribeye or whatever, you know, they take the whole cut and they hang it and they let it age and the stuff grows mold. Mm-hmm. It, it grows, you know, bacterial cultures on it and you just cut that crap off and you just keep letting it age, which is why it's so expensive. Cause you might start off with a five, 10 pound, you know, uh, T-bone roast and then only get a couple of one inch T-bones out of it. Right. Yeah. Because they just keep shaving the rotten parts off. Yeah, uh, I don't, you know, age venison that long. Mostly just because there's no fat, right? Most, a lot of what they're cutting off when they do that is just fat that's mm-hmm. breaking down, right? But I will say, when I broke that buck yesterday, did you notice there was mold growing yeah. on the fat? Yeah, yeah. Not worried about it at all. Uh, Clay, who was with us the first weekend, y'all came down. Obviously, a uh, friend of mine since 1999. Um, he brought some steaks down when he killed that big, nice buck in early November. And I did the same thing I do with all meat nowadays. I took it out before we went out and hunted that evening and salted it and just left it out. And he was like, you're just going to leave it out like that. Huh? And I was like, yeah, it's like, if you just, 
just do five minutes of studying on proper meat prep and it'll tell you to do this. Let it come to room temperature slowly. You can set it out at 8 a.m. and even cook it at 8 p.m. It's going to be fine, especially if you salt it. He was like, huh. And then when he ate it, he was like, so what did you put on this? And I was like, salt? <laughs> I was like, Damn. It's like the Time. best piece of steak ever. I was like, right. Yeah. So yeah. it was cool. I like I like getting helping people see that they need to loosen up about these things, right? Like mm. they're so, I mean, there are people who overcook venison because they think they'll get sick if they don't. And it's like, you can just cut a hunk off of it when you shoot it and just eat it. Oh, yeah. And you're fine. You'll always when be fine. I made, I think with the <clears> first elk that I got, what was that 2016 our first uh hunt together 15 2015 yeah i made elk tartare with that thing oh it was good yeah which is raw it's right fine. just raw meat yeah. with some olive oil and an egg yolk pepper, right? or with a, yeah. with add some more with raw eggs yeah, egg. absolutely yeah. <laughs> yeah. right um so yeah we ate like kings we had a successful hunt and uh i i feel like that little eh, i don't know it sounds good to say all dogs go to heaven, but probably they don't. But I like to think she was smiling somewhere, um, personally. But who knows? Sure, she was. Yeah, but it felt like she was there with us, regardless. Um, it was surreal though coming home last night because we <laughs> we put the dog down, and my truck was loaded to go to your place. This, we left the house at five thirty in the morning to go to the emergency vet. I'd called the day before and said, "Hey, you know." walk us through the process we've done this once before with our other lab but that was at our own vet it was no different there and uh so the truck was loaded so we all cried our eyes out and then I, henry and i said bye to the girls they went home and we came to the ranch so i hadn't been home and i walk in the door last night when we get back first time in 20 years that a chocolate lab hasn't been at the door yeah great wagging his tail and freaking yeah. out and i thought about that because i got maverick my first lab when i was 20 years old i'm 40 now and we do have another lab she's at training uh but this is the first time that they just there's no dog in the house it's really weird yeah i could see that being a little 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 uh, uh sad there sad cap to a, a fun couple of days yeah yeah a roller coaster y'all been on an emotional roller coaster coaster clearly this week good way to put it yeah um Poor Jojo. But, will she ever will she ever take the top seat spot on the podium or will she always be an I, afterthought? Someone uh someone wrote me the other day, and I've been overwhelmed with outpouring of comments and and emails and messages, so many private messages from people that a lot of them I don't even know. Um just a lot of encouragement. But someone said you get one great dog in your life. You get one good dog, and then the rest are just so-so. So I don't know Man, if that's true. Yes, I think I that's think, nonsense. I think uh, Bell is certainly – Maverick was the first lab I had. I was like, there's no way anyone will live up to this dog's expectations. Oh, Bell's 100 times better dog than him. And he was a great dog. But I don't know. I just don't – I think it's like the best way I could describe it is my shadow is gone. Like on my left, every time I look over my shoulder to the left, there's the dog. Some when you're taking a crap, there's the dog. It's all the time, and uh, you can leave the front door open to the house. The dog doesn't run away; she just sits there. If she got locked out of the house, she'd be sitting on the front porch. Those are the little things. It's like just this level of trust. Like, oh, I don't know if another dog would do that. The dog might say, "I'm going to go explore the neighborhood." It'll be fine. So we shall see. Yeah, but 
lofty boots to fill. Uh, what's going on in the world, dude? Like Christmas is here. I'm full of Christmas cheer. And um, uh, and I'm full of uh, Omicron fear. That I've been reading about Omicron. <laughs> Christmas cheer and Omicron fear. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess the long and short of it is that there's this virus that's not killing any anybody but we're all whoa, 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 whoa. that's not true hide I asked and, you before the show be you said it's killed of. you said it's killed one person in the united states allegedly even the reporting on that one it was a houstonian by the way even that one they're like said I'm, i know when i heard it reported it was like seems to have died from the omicron variant i was like that's you know anytime i it's so funny once you really have been fully red pilled whatever the hell you want to call it had your eyes the scales have fallen from your eyes how easy the 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 agenda the the spin the narrative it just like leaps off the screen or the page or you know into your ears from a pot whatever you can just you can just see the bullshit it's clear as day the way that you know in the matrix cypher tells neo you know he doesn't even see the letters anymore he just sees you know blonde brunette redhead right uh-huh. even though it's just numbers screen like i just see bs narrative jump out so when I see an article trying to claim that Houston lost an individual to the Omicron variant and they use some sort of super vague language like might have or whatever it was, I'm like, yeah, that's bullshit. Much like if you go to the CDC's website right now, which I've linked many times in our show notes, including just last week, you can look up the provisional deaths by like age class and all that stuff. It's if you Google that CDC provisional COVID deaths by a by by classification or something like that, you'll find this website that chart has this chart and it's got age brackets broken down and, and then like age slash like gender broken down, even though the you know government doesn't acknowledge gender differentiation, it's still broken down on the CDC's website. Whatever. Oh dude. <laughs> you just made me think of something. Keep going. I'll we'll come back to that. The column for deaths, COVID deaths which is the, the number, I think I may have mentioned this on the last show, correlates to what the news is telling you. Roughly 800,000 now. That's what the news is telling you. That's They're getting it from this 799-999 all died of different variants, so Omicron's responsible for one. <laughs> right. <laughs> but the, the point is, it says, it says deaths involving COVID. Not deaths from COVID. Not COVID deaths. Deaths involving covid so all of us conspiracy theories from day one who've been saying these numbers they're throwing out none of us know for sure that this covid killed these people you're telling me that somebody with like a history of severe cardiac you know issues and maybe multiple heart attacks that had a heart attack with covid that that definitely was covid that killed them all well the cdc knows better that's why they call them deaths involving covid yeah uh what what you said there made me think about this text. Uh, Mickey, my neighbor, and one of our listeners sent me from Canada. Oh, I forget the uh, the law. Let's see. It is called. Uh, we're gonna, we'll have to go back to this, but basically, it made it a crime where you could be imprisoned for. Um, calling someone by their biological sex. 
by their yeah yeah well, that's how jordan peterson became famous this is but this is this that, is like in ontario i'm gonna we're gonna come back to this on an, on another show but literally it's like when we've done the research 121 yeah well you know we've been out hunting and eating meat so we haven't mm-hmm. done any research but uh yeah there's that and then he also sent me a link to new measures in quebec where you will now be required to have a vaccine passport in places of worship, among other things. Chisholm, places of worship. Yeah, here it is. Here, this is tightening of certain health measures. As of December twentieth, twenty twenty one, the vaccination passport will be required in places of worship and spas, for weddings, funerals, possibly of holding a ceremony without vaccination. Passport would be a maximum of. 25 people the possibility huh places of worship dude get your shots or you can't worship i would find a new church well i guess if it's a province provincial law then finding a new church isn't an option so it'll be like uh the early days of christianity where it's where two or more gathered we'll just have to start meeting in houses i guess persecution of christians is what it is so oh, all religion. So let me run down for you. I heard this yesterday, and I, I think I found what I, this, this this article I'm looking at reports what I heard. But let's let's bring it a little closer to home than Canada. New York State <clears throat> in January, the state assembly will be taking up a number of new bills. Bill Assembly Bill A eighty three seventy eight, A two seventy nine, A seventy eight twenty nine. Real kicker A416. Here's some of the things that these bills would 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 create in the state of New York. Bill 8378 forced COVID shot mandates to attend school. And they use the word forced, if I'm not mistaken, in these yeah. bills. Well, that's what Gavin Newsom said he wanted to do for next year. Five yeah. and bill A279 forces all adult vaccine records into a state bit database. This is a new one. 7829 forced COVID shots for college. Wait, no, that's not the one I was thinking. The next one is build 2240 forced flu shots to attend school and preschool slash daycare. Assembly bill a 8398 eliminates religious exemptions for work and college. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Bill a 3091 eliminates parents consent to shots when a child reaches 14 years of age speaking of california property of the state we will hold your kids right. down and vaccinate them in front of you with your children awards of the state which means that this that the nih and anthony fauci can now run experiments on them mm-hmm. because they've, they've done that as our show notes reflect just google that from 2001 uh bill a 822 Eliminates parents' right to consent to STD shots for children of any age. So, yeah, you're super worried about uh, HPV. Uh, or so you're, you're not worried about HPV because, you know, your nine-year-old's not engaging in sexual contact. Uh, tough. You're going to have that shot anyway. And then Bill A416 allows the governor to imprison without trial anyone she considers a threat to public health. Oh, wow. And assembly member Patrick Burke's upcoming bill would eliminate unvaccinated people's access to health insurance. (laughs) 
Oh, that that last part is the we you know we've said this before we care about your health so much we are going to cancel your health insurance so you can be extra healthy two plus two you all know the answer which of those is like which of those is the just the most like egregious yeah well the the idea of canceling your health care because you actually care about your health to me is like, like i'm i don't want to get a shot that could potentially could have negative side effects for me. I'm a healthy person. I don't need the shot. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. if you don't get your shot, we're going to cancel your health care for all for all things. Uh, but the, that and then any any time where the state says we are now the wards of, or excuse me, you know, your children are wards of the state. So screw you, parents. There are kids now. That's. Uh, and that's Nazi Germany. That's 1984. That's, uh, you know. Apparently, then, a lot of this was actually proposed last January. So some but, of this Well, it hasn't come to fruition yet. News. So yeah. there's at least hope for that. Um, yeah, I don't want to just gloss over that. We, we'll have to come back to that. And I certainly want to come back to the Canada stuff. But moving on here, I asked you in camp, my, my buddy Mark, who his son plays on Henry's soccer team, was forced to get the vaccine to keep his job at Southwest Airlines. Southwest came out last week and said they're no longer enforcing the vaccine mandate. Too late. He's already vaccinated against his will. Um, I think that there's going to be a lot of lawsuits from the private sector against companies like that, like class action lawsuits. I'm sure you're, you know, you have a legal background. There's got to be attorneys licking their chops to, to, to take these huge corporations on. Yeah, um, unfortunately, there are some. Um, the best of them are waiting for somebody who can pay them to do so. That's part of the problem, right? Like, you know, there, there's so many different potential causes of action well, I think here, right? They'll there's... do it pro bono if they think they're going to get a multi-million dollar settlement out of these corporations. Like, I'm trying to tell you that the very, the very best attorneys, the very best, would not take on such a gigantic, complicated case until they knew where they were going to get paid from, uh, right? And I, t- I, I <clears throat> that being said, they'll take it on a contingency basis if they are confident they're going to get paid by uh, the companies. So there's so many levels and uh, to all this, right? The government has granted um, liability protection to the shot makers. So if you get a shot and it makes you <laughs> and it kills you, your wife can't sue. It gives you Guillain-Barre syndrome or, you know, makes you sterile or, you know, you have a mild stroke or myocarditis All things that will continue to see real. increase yeah. as more people will get vaccinated. And, and you can't do not only that, did you know the long-term so, so, side effects of these things? Who the hell knows? We're, uh, we're, we're living in a time of human experimentation in contradiction to the Geneva convention. hundred percent. I'll make sure to check this down. I've seen it as recently as the last week, but, uh, multiple news outlets have reported for quite some time that part of the problem with getting control, full control of COVID-19 and its variants across the globe is that certain countries don't have vaccines available at all because those countries, many of them in Africa, 
where we have documented the same powers that be here have been experimenting with vaccines for quite some time and creating massive havoc and devastation. Uh, some of those countries don't want to grant liability immunity to man- vaccine manufacturers. So they just don't get the shots. So like it's, it's their fault for not willfully signing on the dotted line for this experiment, according to those who still want to pretend like the vaccines would have ever stopped the pandemic, uh, that we're still dealing with it and that there are variants mutating and popping up out of those specific places, specific places, because, um, yeah, they won't, they won't play ball and say, Hey, or Pfizer, we know you're a many, 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 many tens, if not hundreds of billions of dollar outfit, but, um, you know, we, we expect you to stand by your product. So there's none of that. Um, the government offered them immunity essentially. So it's going to fall back on the corporations. Right. So the question then becomes, yeah, can't, what, what about these people who have taken the vaccine against their will to keep a job, Mm -hmm. which I got a text message while we were hunting about, or was that you, your buddy that maybe that was right. That was Mickey that specifically asked that, right? No, Mark, not Mickey. Okay. Your friend, Mark, right. Uh Had been, had had the shot and he's now pissed because his company is no longer requiring it because the mandates are imploding on themselves. By the way, the Supreme court as of yesterday is taking up. <clears throat> so three or four different district courts, including the one in Louisiana, which includes the Texas uh, state of Texas and it's in its, you know, federal district mm. had banned the mandates An appellate court has reimposed the mandates but they're all stayed until next year anyway by the by OSHA. So now we're officially at the point where the Supreme Court will be the decider on whether they're legal or you know constitutional or not. And I think that's going to end up coming down in the next 2 weeks. Um, that decision? Sooner. Yeah, this, this is not one of those things that'll take a year to determine uh because it's all, well, it's all it's So all pending, will right? they be just deciding on Biden's mandates? Or will it also affect like, yeah, so that's the thing, private, right? That this, that's companies. what, what, that's how, you know, we've like slipped into socialism without anybody knowing it. Right. <laughs> this is, um, they, the, the, the Supreme court really only has, you know, they have their, their mission is to, to uphold the constitution, to interpret it, to apply it. Right. Well, most right. of everything in the constitution is really only applicable to the government, basically everything in the constitution. Right. Um, so the Which case will be about whether OSHA government and don't want them interfering with private, with, with commerce and private right. business. The, the case before the Supreme court will be whether OSHA has the authority to issue such a mandate. Um, but that's separate. In, but as you know, and to your point, the mandate was driven, the teeth in the mandate, the enforcement of the mandate was OSHA would penalize companies for not, it's a company, you know, the mandate is the government telling the companies y'all have to right. do this. Right. So then, so then they have this little bit of like gray area protection where it's like, well, we only did it because the government told us to do. So what's going to end up happening is that there are going to be class action lawsuits and everybody's going to be doing this. No, it's his fault. No, it's our fault. No, it's their fault. No, it's G's fault. Right. And I, um, I think some of the companies that were acting under Biden's mandate are going to have some protection I, I messed, I dealt with a situation like this when I worked at the TCEQ. Um, I, I'll struggle to remember the fine details of it, but the long and short was the, the government had 
had created a, a, a regulation regulatory scheme for uh, coal emissions. Mm-hmm. And then after like eight years, that was under Bush, W. Bush. After like seven or eight years of that regime being in place, this regulatory program and permitting program for coal-fired power plants, the Supreme Court came along after this case had matriculated its way through you know, district court levels, appellate court levels, and finally got into the Supreme Court. Normally, that process literally takes years. In this case, it's not going to take years because the mandates are supposed to go into effect next month. So they have to make a decision, right? Uh, and they're affecting real people's lives. This other situation was, you know, regulating coal-fired power plants. It wasn't nearly as uh, pressing, I guess, as as what we're facing right now, right? But right. so after six, seven, eight years or whatever of this matter going through, basically the Bush-Cheney administration had tried to lighten the re- restrictions and regulations on coal-fired power plants with a rulemaking through the EPA, which ultimately, in I think '08. The Supreme Court ruled was unconstitutional. It had not been done according to the National Environmental Policy Act because of A, B, and C. And so they vacated the whole rulemaking, right? Vacated means like as if it never happened, right? So we had eight years where, particularly here in Texas, companies were applying for permits to get coal-fired power plants to be built under this set of specifications. And then after that nearly decade period, the Supreme Court comes along and says, all that's crap and it's all gone. So the question is how much about those money and time did they waste in infrastructure? What about those plants that were even maybe under construction already? Certainly had already gotten their permits, were well, mm. well, well into design, development, blah, 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 blah. Maybe bought an expensive piece of property, all that stuff, right? The TCEQ, I was asked to come up with a memo that would say that they could continue to move forward, kind of grandfathered into that program. And as I did my research, to answer the question, I kept coming up with case after case after case that actually said no, because of the type of order that the court gave, which was to vacate, right? They had different options. When an agency makes a rulemaking, if it's deemed unconstitutional, depending on the circumstances, the court can say, well, we get where you're going with this, and it's a good policy, and it's not a you know economically damaging policy or whatever, but you missed a step. So we're going to send it back to the EPA. Y'all redo it and make sure to do that step, right? That would be called remanding it back yeah. to the agency. Um, they can just punt it and say, we don't, we're, you know, it's up to the agency to interpret their own rules and regulations. But because they chose to vacate, it was as if the rule had never been passed in the first place. And so in law, it's called equitable reliance. Did those, did, you know, obviously a, a, a a whole bunch of folks and a whole bunch of companies had relied on the government rules and regulations in place at the time to spend those money that, you know, that money that you just referenced and and move forward. Right. So where's the equity to use Kamala's terminology to make those people whole who had relied on that. And the, basically the analysis boiled down to the rules were never kosher to begin with. They did not comply with the law. Right. What had happened was the Clinton administration had created a very stringent uh, set of emission regulations specifically for mercury mm-hmm. that is emitted into the atmosphere from the burning of coal. And what Bush came along and did in his first or, two, first or second year of office is say, none of that was ever, quote, reasonable and necessary. So we're just going to strike it. But the problem was the Clinton administration had gone through 
like an A to Z stepwise process to create the rule. And it was legal when they did so, whether it was necessary or not, just kind of irrelevant. They had gone through all the, there's a list of steps like A through, it's not A through Z, but call it A through O in the code of the Clean Air Act that says if the EPA wants to do these things, they have to go through A, B, C, D, D, all the way to O, right? Mm. So Clinton's administration had done that. And the problem was once that was done, to revoke it, you have to go through the same analysis. That A through O process is how you build the case that we need to be doing this, right? And it makes the agency undertake all of the due diligence necessary to be able to say this is a reasonable and necessary regulation. So because Clinton had done that, but then Bush comes along and is like, well, we don't need to go through A through O to disprove it because they wouldn't have been able to because there wasn't really any good rationale for letting more mercury into the atmosphere. Right. Right. Other than making it cheaper and making electricity cheaper, which is not not for nothing. Right. But it definitely wasn't going to help the environment. they were just like nah we don't think it was ever reasonably necessary so f it and scrapped it and supreme court said no the clean air act says they went through a through o and proved their case you have to go through a through o to prove that it wasn't necessary in the first place and so they couldn't do that and so yeah it left a whole bunch of people in limbo um a lot of what will happen going forward from a legal perspective in terms of who may have a cause of action to sue and what kind of class actions could come together, et cetera, et cetera, will be based on how the Supreme court rules on this. Um, if they've like, for example, if they were to do with this, what they did with the case I just described, I think I'm just legal theorizing here, which is dangerous for a guy who hasn't actually practiced law in like eight years. (laughs) That's true. That you could have a situation if they just vacated it as if it never happened, where you could have causes of actions against employers who move forward with mandates, thinking that they were doing what the government told them because the law was never constitutional, therefore legal in the first place. Mm-hmm. So the court, the, so those companies would not necessarily have the defense to say, oh, well, we were just doing what the government told us. If the Supreme Court says, yeah, well, that was never constitutional in the first place, your reliance on unconstitutional law does not protect you. Yeah. Because it was unconstitutional in the first place. Y'all have teams of lawyers. Y'all should have stood your, I don't know, stood your ground and said, no, we're not going to do that. Um, They may craft it in such a way that if they were to remand it back to OSHA and say, you know, this isn't compliant as it is, but if you were to, you know, do A, B, and C, maybe you could get it compliant. That would create a big nightmare cluster F. (sighs) Anyway, I I don't see, you know, the, the, the deepest pockets and the ones who have the most ex- who should have the most exposure are the are the Pfizer's and BioNTech's and Moderna's and Johnson and Johnson's whose shots are hurting some people. Some people. Um, some of those people have been forced to take those shots in again violation of the Geneva Convention or have been, you know, yeah, coerced into it. Right. Um, if somebody like your friend Mark, Mark, yeah took the shot because he was told to, but has we no... talked about this in detail while the boys were practicing over like the months leading up to yeah. the deadline that he was given, you know, take right. this. And the crazy thing is he works out of the house. He's <laughs> so his, the, him and his wife both work for Southwest. She's a flight attendant and he teaches, uh, and forgive me, Mark, if I'm butchering what you actually do, but he teaches classes online. Like I think through zoom meetings. So he just never even leaves the house and he's got to get his, I mean, so stupid. 
Yeah. Well, so the so so the problem, I guess, or the you know the, the blessing in his case is it doesn't sound from what you've told me like it hurt him. He doesn't have an injury from the shot. So if you wanted to, let's say, excuse me, let's say the Supreme Court next week decides that the whole thing was unconstitutional to begin with, and that company never should have forced him to be vaccinated. If he's not hurt, what is his damages? You always to sue. You always have to have a damage to claim. Ultimately, right. it's a necessary aspect. I mean, uh, you know, there are cases where the damages are, are one dollar, right? Because somebody did something shady. I, I don't think we will need... know the full scale of the damages for a decade. Like, who knows what kind of side effects? Like we said, now Mark's part of the experiment. I don't know. For sure. And he doesn't know, and that pisses him off. Um, um Mickey, there's something we my neighbor never... though he uh he did get his religious exemption from his employer, but he is still facing a deadline for the uh, reserves for the Air Force, and they are they have granted on his military base zero religious exemptions zero. <laughs> the other day, Fauci came out and said that um, he admitted. These shots aren't stopping the virus or the or the especially the variants, right? Right. Um, again, people who have been boosted in the last thirty to sixty days are catching Omicron, right? It's helping them so catch he, it. That's what he, we were talking about off the air. I truly he, believe that. He came out last week and said that what we need is a universal coronavirus vaccine that. Uh, protects us from all these things and so that's what we're working on now that's what the nih is funding now that's what the pfizer's and the modernas are trying to come up with as a is a new vax that'll that'll actually be a vax that'll protect so the recipient from is, all forms of coronavirus covid19 its variants etc cetera, etc cetera, right this is the um, scariest thing maybe that's been said on our show in a long time to be honest with you because i'm seeing the rabbit hole that we're that you're talking about like Oh, okay. Now we have this vaccine that protects everybody against every variant. You have to get it. There's no. That, that's what they're. That's what this whole thing has been about, is it not? Mm -hmm. Like, how much yeah. well, can uh, we control 100%. you? Yes. And how many how many jabs will you take? How many boosters will you take? Oh, we're going to switch gears now. We're going to get you a universal vaccine. Trust us, this time it's going to work. You yeah. might only need like half a dozen doses of it, but don't worry about it. We're going to pay for them. Uh -huh. Don't even have to worry about that part. The army. I saw this morning claiming to have produced a universal coronavirus vaccine that the they're army? ready to start the army yeah the department of defense came up with the vax huh. yeah yeah so just a week after fauci said we need a universal vaccine no problem the u.s government's military industrial complex has got it for you right here bam so uh, wow so there's that <clears throat> um what was the other thing I was just thinking while you were well, talking I'll, about while you're thinking about that? I'll tell you. So the thing that is like, I'm, I still watch like sports highlights once in a while. It's like mine, mine, mindless. Some sure. background noise while I'm trying to go to bed. And uh, I'm looking at ESPN last night, which I don't know why anyone still watches that terrible network, but I was. And, the ticker on the bottom is the thing that I'm always looking at the most. Forget whatever the announcers or broadcasters are saying. I'm just looking at it. It's just every single ticker is about another athlete going into COVID protocols. And it's from it's college and it's professional. And it's the NFL, the NBA, hockey teams have canceled weeks of the season now. 
I think the, I think the NHL just pushed like suspended the season until after Christmas, um, and they did that like last yeah. week. I think they is there a Winter Olympics coming up? I think they pulled out of the Winter the, Olympics too. The um, NFL is now playing games on Tuesdays because of COVID stuff. The NFL just backtracked on their COVID policy. So if you are vaccinated, Chisholm, this is incredible. If you're vaccinated, you no longer are tested unless you're symptomatic. If you're unvaccinated, you are tested. Listen, dude. What if you've had COVID and you have antibodies? Why are you still getting tested? Wait, this is insanity, man. This is all part of the control mechanism. And it's the part part that they didn't foresee coming, right? This is the glitch in the matrix that they're trying like hell to cover up. These are the healthiest people on the planet, by the way. The health. If you go back, dude, if you, I've already, I've read Scott Atlas's book. Dr. Mm-hmm. Scott Atlas is a medical doctor who, for 15 years, has been the nation's leading expert on medical health national policy. So he's his actual career. He was, um, he was some sort of practicing doctor for quite some time, and then became then sort of switched into this more academic related field of medical policy, right? He's a Mm -hmm. professor at Stanford university. Trump brought him a last brought him in, in the summer of 2020 and added him to the COVID response team, which at the time, if you remember the name, Dr. Burks, she was a, I think CDC representative, um, obviously Dr. Fauci and a guy named Robert Redfield, who I think was the chief of the FDA. They were basically running the entire response. Problem is, all three of those guys are government bureaucrats for like half a century. Uh, Fauci, for sure, has worked in the government for over 50 years. None of them are, in my opinion, real doctors. Sounds a lot like our They've president. never practiced real medicine. Yeah, They've practiced government regulation, which is a big crock of S, right? So they were the ones who were like, the only way we're going to get out of this is uh, masking, lockdowns, handwashing. Masking, lockdowns, handwashing. Masking, lockdowns, handwashing. So Trump brings Scott Atlas into the equation. Scott Atlas is like, y'all are hurting more people with these lockdowns than we're saving because we're creating economic devastation. We're creating drug dependencies, fentanyl, whatever, right? We're creating massive rates of depression and suicide, right? And we're not stopping the virus. Watch and see. And it's still spreading. In fact, it spreads worse when things are locked down than when people are allowed to, you know, go outside in the sunshine, which sterilizes the virus. And so he got demonized by, you know, CNN's got uh, there's a, there's supercuts of of all the major lefty news organizations like he got demonized painting him out to be a quack, right? Like, he's not an epidemiologist, right? Exactly by the right. by the pedophile protectors. He's not an epidemiologist. The same thing they try to care- claim about. Um, world-renowned Dr. Peter McCullough. Anyway, one of his main contentions in that book and when he was with the task force last summer is we, we have to stop testing patients that are not sick, right? I think we've talked about this, Mm -hmm. but we use something called a PCR test. It's a polymerase chain reaction test. And I can, I, I call it as a complete layman, something like an electron magnoscope for our microscope. I'm sorry for, a virus, right? Right. It's this process where they, they take a sample from your head and they run it through these magnification cycles. So the more cycles you run, 
the closer a look at the biological components of that sample you it get cycle forever. That's why I tested positive for COVID Dude. in South Africa three months post COVID infection. hundred percent. Everyone knew I did not have 100%. COVID because you got on an airplane and somebody on that airplane had had the virus at some point. The point is, it's now being acknowledged even by government officials. The, the standard that was recommended by the many. Well, first of all, the dude who invented PCR said this test shouldn't be used for this virus in the first place. Mm-hmm. That's well known. But the manufacturers and all were recommending like 28 cycles. So this cycle process that ma- like, again, my layman's understanding, but magnifies the sample so you can see right. what's in it. You could run 28 cycles or you can do what we were doing then and still do in some instances and run it at 45 cycles. 36 to 45 was sort of the standard throughout last year. The more times you run that cycle, the more fragmentary pieces of virus appear. So you get false positives. Now you could make the argument, well, that's good. We want to identify false positive positives because it helps us see, and this is what they were saying, where transmission is occurring, right? Because if you've got a fragmentary piece of the virus in your head, even though it's not complete, and therefore you're not infected, therefore you're not contagious, but you have a fragmentary piece of the virus in your head, at least indicates supposedly that, you know, somewhere you've been, it was in the air, right? Mm -hmm. The point is, he was like, we have to stop testing asymptomatic people. They're not spreading the disease. We know that because they don't have enough. Well, unless they're unvaccinated, according to the (laughs) NFL, right? So that's, that this is where, this is, where the, this is where the double think people, but don't test vaccinated. This is where the double think is crashing into itself. Who's right? getting the virus chism in these professionals? That's the, my whole point was these teams are all 90% plus vaccinated. Sure. The yeah. ones that the Elizabeth that Warren are not vaccinated are the ones that are ostracized. The Senator King, Michigan Wolverine football Dude. team chism. They're playing Georgia. I think New Year's Day in the uh, college football playoff semifinal against georgia the, the michigan is they are going as a team all staff all players to get their booster shots together these are yep. 20 to 22 year old athletes the fittest not, not only the most fit in the world they're also in the demographic as far as adults are concerned we know that kids are the the, the least end of the spectrum as far as negative side effects of covid these kids are not going to die of covid they're not even going to go to the hospital. No. Nothing. Nothing bad is going to happen to them. Mm-mm. But yet, here we are. We're getting our boosters. I saw that headline. I was like, this is the biggest. This right here epitomizes everything that's wrong with it. Like, the healthiest people in the world are going as a group. So they are all brainwashed to go get their booster shots. You know what? A team leader should be like, screw that. We don't need that. We're not doing that. And I guarantee you, I would bet $100 right now that come January 1st, when that bowl game is set to fire off, the Wolverines will have players in COVID protocol. Guarantee it. Oh, I, I, I think you're absolutely right. Again, and I'm boosters. going to laugh Dude. my ever-loving ass off when I read that. Let's take it out of sports and into politics. Senator Elizabeth Warren. Uh, the, the Indian? <laughs> right. The, the Pocahontas Karen. Uh-huh. Karen Pocahontas. She vaccinated, boosted, tested positive this week. Cory Booker. Senator Cory Booker from New Jersey, vaccinated, boosted, tested positive. Uh, members of the White House staff, as we speak, are quarantined for testing positive, all boosted, all that. Uh, somebody who sat next to Kamala Harris just, uh, you know, this past week, tested positive. Governor Gavin Newsom, I just watched a video hit from him this morning on somebody's Instagram feed 
where he's explaining how they're going to have to go back into mask mandates and blah, blah, blah to stop Omicron. And he goes, and you know, as hard as it is to understand or acknowledge, the truth is, in his words exactly, the vast majority of cases of Omicron are among not just the fully vaccinated, but many are among the boosted. Mm-hmm. So to your point, it's not stopping shit when it comes to Omicron. It's not. It almost appears like somehow it's making it worse. Maybe that's because yes. everybody who hasn't had the shot has ended up catching the virus just about. I, we'll reach a point where the vast where. It was true six months ago when these things rolled out that the initial wave of vaccinations, I assume it was true. I don't know. The initial wave of vaccinations was so there were so many people, right? There was probably a point where there were more vaccinated adults than people who had had the virus. But as we go on and on, and especially because all the vaccinated people are getting the virus anyway, we're reaching. We have to have already surpassed the point where more American adults have had the virus in them on some level or another. Then have not. maybe not then 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 have not right at least yeah. the majority of Americans have at least had it right yeah. so if we're at a point now where I agree because in casual conversation when I'm talking to a friend or you know whoever generally speaking more often than not, than not they've had the virus so yeah I think I think we have definitely reached that that fifty percent or more have have had the virus like okay so. When I'm looking at going back to these sports teams, like I think the ones that aren't getting Omicron or Omicron are the ones who've already had the virus. <laughs> like, it's, sure, it's absurd. Uh, so, group text that I'm in for my uh, fantasy football league, and we're all Ma- we're all Dallas Mavericks fans. And Luka Doncic went into protocol this week, and one of them was like, "This season sucks," and the Mavs have been struggling, and the the you click on the link and it's like Lucas has COVID. And I said, and I said, y'all get your boosters, clown face, clown face, clown face. And then my youngest brother, the welcome one, sent just a cricket chirping. Like I'm beating a dead horse or something. I said, don't blame me. I followed the science. And you know what I did? I screenshotted my antibodies results from the uh, spike protein test and then the other test, which were both here we are over a year removed from my COVID infection and I still have antibodies for both. And from September 2021 to December, 2021 Chisholm, my spike, my spike protein level antibodies went up. It went up. Yeah. And I sent that to them and I said, don't, I said, I follow the science. I don't know about you guys. Boom. No, no response. (laughs) No response. It's so unsatisfying. He's going to get his booster. I guarantee you. When you're arguing with Duggan people, for them to just ignore when you smash them with a fact bomb, like <laughs> they just, it's like you. you know I, I've said before, thing? dude. It's like Westworld. He's, he's he probably looked at it and he was like, "This looks like nothing to me." You know, the crazy can't be thing? true because the, the news two people that are the most woke on there, him and my friend Justin, they both have had effing COVID. They don't need the boosters, and I guarantee you, they'll be the first ones lining up to get them. You've had COVID. You're immune. Get your head out of your ass. No, no. We're the party of science. My, my ass you are. I just sent you the science. Here's my, here is my antibodies right here. This is science. This is immunity. You have that immunity. So why are you going to put that junk in your body? Do it again. I think I'll just accept the idea 
that 56% of Americans have been fully vaxxed as of about, that was like a month ago. I'll just mm. accept that. I don't think it's true. Of those, I think half of them got the one shot Johnson and Johnson. And of course, Anthony Fauci has told us that always should have been a two shots vaccine. So that's a, no matter what, that's a flawed statistic. Mm. It's either flawed because they lied in the first place or it's flawed because some of those folks, a lot, a huge chunk of those folks were Johnson and Johnson recipients. And we've now been told that it is, you weren't fully vaccinated when you had one shot of that to begin with. Whatever. Let's call it 56%. That number hasn't moved since June. Right. Because vaccinated people were getting Delta. Right. And now vac- only vaccinated people are catching the Omicron. Right. Seems like it. Yeah. I'm sure they've moved some boosters within that 50%, 56% among the truly terrified, you know, folks that are, that are, you know, nanny state dependent. Right. But by and large, those who are unvaccinated ain't getting the shot. Lots of folks like Luke, who mentioned this week he took one, mm-hmm. made him feel like crap, couldn't move his arm for days. I was like, I ain't getting the next one. I was yeah. standing. Did I ever, ever mention this? When I caught COVID, mm-hmm. I was at DFW Airport. I had flown in from San Antonio and was going through. Why was I going through security? I guess it doesn't matter. It was probably when I came back to the airport the next day because I got stuck there. Sat in the airport all day long. My flight got canceled. So the next morning, I'm checking back in to try to fly home. And so I'm going through security, and there's two TSA agents talking, an older guy and a younger guy. And the younger guy is sitting there telling the older guy, man, I just, God, it really knocked the crap out of me. I felt really, really bad. I don't want to take the second shot because I'm afraid it's going to be worse or even just as bad. This dude is sitting there saying that the shot made him sick as a dog so much so that he didn't want to have to take the second shot. That was, you know, in, what else makes you I got sick, sick at the end of June COVID. So why do that? Yeah. Then you just roll the dice. Right. So my point is, I don't think a lot of new unvaccinated people are signing up for these shots at this point. I just don't. I refuse to believe it. And I don't think that's been the case since June. Yeah. I think I, a lot I of agree. people gave up after one shot. And as soon as they started talking boosters this summer, they were like, eh, this I can say my, my, my boss's wife, he told us was one of those who's like, I'm not doing this again. We took those shots. They don't work. Screw this. And he was like, no, I hear you. You know, yeah. um, there's a lot of people like that. So no, the only people getting vaxxed now are are yeah, getting the the old people getting boosters. Look, the ones who are living in fear, and then the people that are being forced to by their if, employers. If you weren't convinced by the last two years that this has been a fear mongering for profit, you know, population control scheme all along, and I mean population control like making us do what we're told, not necessarily trying to kill a bunch of people. Although I think right. it's both. Yeah. Just look at the way they're talking about Omicron. If you pay, if you pay five minutes a day of attention to the news, even the lefty news, you will see article after article after article citing to study after study after study that is coming out in the last six weeks saying Omicron's harmless. Yeah, it spreads faster, even faster than Delta that spread like wildfire fire. But unlike Delta, which got lots of people pretty damn sick, although still was killing less people than the original variant, right? I'm among them. I was sick. I managed to dodge the original variant. But when this mutant came along, yeah, I caught it. Made me feel like crap. I'm fine, as were the vast majority of people who caught that one. The, the percentage of deaths was continuing to downtick. Well, now it's like nobody's going to the hospital. Nobody's dying. And yet yeah. the news is still bombarding you. They're telling you in the morning. Another study just came out saying this is a harmless variant. And then after lunch, they're like, but you still need a booster. For 
for the harmless variant. People aren't buying it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Fewer people are buying it all the time, I should say. I think we should mention one other thing and then uh, wrap this up with uh, yeah. some kind of Christmas tune. Joe Manchin just launched a huge spear into the side of the Democratic Party. Yes, he did. And we've always finally said Manch- one of Manchin's, my predictions comes true. <laughs> Manchin's our guy, right? Uh, oh. And Build Back Better, I guess, is essentially dead. Dead for the moment. Like- dead for the moment. And in, in, so, what happened to Cinema? She voted with the Democrats because it was a fifty-one. They never even vote. voted. They never brought oh. it to a vote. Okay. Mm-mm. I no, thought they never I brought it to a vote. He just said, "I'm not doing it," and they were just like, "We're." we're yeah, if they didn't have the votes, they won't even bring it to the floor. Because here's right. the thing: I've heard well, some people comment on worse. this. I've made this point in you know in our calls a couple times, but you know I've heard some others comment on it. One of the things that goes on in House and Senate voting that the average American doesn't realize is that when the party in power doesn't have the votes, they just let the bill die mm-hmm. because they don't want to force their members to go on record for voting for something that's controversial, right? Mm-hmm. We all know Senator Manchin because he's the guy who's had the balls to stand up and say it. But dude, even yeah. that is so by design, man, when I've I, my revelation in January of this year that this whole thing is just a big stage and a big there's part of me that even thinks they rigged the election to be a 50 50 split so they could create drama out of it and ultimately not get anything done there's part of me i don't believe that but there's a little part of me that says even that was scripted but my point is senator tester from montana who did vote with mansion against uh well the senate two weeks ago i think we mentioned it voted 52 to 48 to condemn and ban biden's uh, vaccine mandate yeah Two Democrats had to sign off on that. It was Manchin and Tester. Tester is a Democrat from Montana, yeah, which is not your typical Democrat state, right? But then there's Cinema. Um, well, you have lots there's of at least three or four more. There's to six to eight. Missoula and uh, yeah. um, what's the other town there? Bozeman, yeah, but you can't like, kill the old west in a day. It takes a long time, right? And there's right. still some old west. I like the way you put that. You can't kill the old west in a day. Although, it, yeah. well, it didn't take a day in Colorado, but they're damn well oh dude totally different uh off topic but well hold on Uh, i gotta just make what we're talking i just brought up colorado did you see where (laughs) wolves killed their first confirmed case of uh wolves killing livestock and they wasted bajillions of dollars on wolf reintroduction which hasn't happened yet the effing wolves are already there they knew they were there just anyway sorry go ahead i mean there you go (laughs) all that taxpayer you'll have fun with that Mm. um my point is that there are about six to eight Senate Democrats who would really be in a pinch if they were forced to vote, vote for the build, build Back Better bill mm. because they come from states where people don't like it. And so Manchin has been the one because he's the most obvious of them being a West Virginian that has been the he's been the fall guy. He's been the guy who has to fall on that sword. Right. And to yeah. send him his credit, because Arizona, despite its you know recent elections, still is a conservative place in its core. You know, she's had the balls to stand up there as well. But, you know, if they had put it to a vote, you would have had Senator Tester having to declare, right, where he stands on it. And these, say, three or four other senators. So they just don't do that. Chuck Schumer, the Senate majority leader, he doesn't want to put those people in a spot where they have to vote for something that could get them, could cause them an election mm-hmm. because this people of their state turn on them. Or even worse, for them to end up with, say, 
a loss at 46 to 54, right? Because one of the things that Bernie has been saying for months now, leftist news has been saying, I think even the White House has said, is that this one guy, Senator Manchin, is blocking democracy and the democratic will of the people, which is a complete crock of shit because there happen to be 50 other Republican senators who won't vote for it either. And they represent half of America, right? So it's a complete fallacy on its face, but at least they can say that and can, you know, and the, the brainwashed masses will buy it, right? But if they actually put it to a vote, knowing that Manchin is not in, so they've lost, they, they, it, was a, it was a lost cause, right? Like if Manchin says no, you can't win. There's no tiebreaker. You don't get to go to Kamila, right? right? All you've done is now force four, five, six other senators to declare their position. Well, if the thing goes down 52 to 48 or 54 to 46 or 56 to 44, then it proves, no, this thing was a complete loser. Yeah. Right? So it, it's, 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 it's protecting- better for them to just make Manchin out to be the fall guy. Let one guy who is assured of reelection because of this, you know, be the bad guy and protect the other five or six vulnerable senators uh, and the impression that Build Back Better was somehow popular, which it wasn't. Right. Yeah. So, well, thank you, Manchin, for that uh, one step in the right direction as far as I, it's not even a step in the right direction. It's a, it's really just standing your ground because the direction's going the wrong way. So, at least we have this to stop the momentum for the time being. Yeah. Uh, so thank you, Joe, for that. Um, I think that's going to do it for today's broadcast. And there was one thing, one thing I wanted to just throw, sort of throw in that was relevant it. a minute ago, that I know we haven't touched on, but I've seen it a hundred times. <clears throat> when we talk about the potential long-term effects of these vaccines, right? The, the any anybody who's being honest knows that we don't have long-term data on their safety. Period. Right. It's impossible because they just Terrifying. came out if last year. Life is vaccinated, and every vaccine in history, we had many years of data before they were approved by the FDA. It's even worse than that because, for sure, Pfizer and possibly Moderna too. After they did their study and submitted to the FDA, did you know they did something called unblinding the mm-hmm. study? So when you do a study like this, you have half of the participants are in the are in the test group right and half of them are in the quote control group and the control group just gets a placebo right saline shot right in normal times that data would be crucial as you enter your second third fourth year after the study because how else would you track who got harmed say maybe there's a sudden increase in myocarditis and some of that's appearing in year two three four right or a whole bunch of people have a stroke. Well, as long as you have a control group and a test group, then you can look and you can say, was the incident of strokes higher in the test group than in the control group? And if it was, you might have a problem. Pfizer ended up giving the shots to everybody in the control group immediately after they applied for their emergency use authorization. So there's no longer a control group. Everybody's vaccinated. So if and when people do start having strokes and weird myocarditis reactions and da 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 da, there's no way to compare whether that was expected, because you know it's just background occurrences. We can't compare it to the people who were supposed to not have gotten the shot. How convenient is that? This segment brought to you by 
Pfizer. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. All right, brother. Merry Christmas to you. Are we going to do, uh, do you think we'll do a show next week or are you going to be? Yeah, I'm down. Okay. All right. I'll take well, my Merry Christmas down there to everybody. Um, hope that you and yours take time to enjoy what this holiday is really all about. Uh, yes. I'm certainly looking forward to going to church on Christmas Eve. Um, that's like, a, or, you know, I was raised that way and I'm, I think it's important to take my kids to church on Sundays, but certainly Christmas Eve is always, I don't know, as a kid, is it kind of a beating to go? Maybe a little bit, but I, that was one service. I was like, oh, I love Christmas Eve, lighting the candles and passing, you know, I don't know if y'all did that, but uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Always enjoyed it. It was one um, of those things that you always enjoyed it while you were there and after, but yeah, like leaving the house and the tree and the presents and the food to go do it. It was like, it's a good way. Do we have it, to yeah. go tonight? Right, right, right. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I hope everyone has a Merry Christmas and uh, a Happy New Year for Chisholm Cook. I'm Cable Smith. Thanks for tuning in to episode 59 of Justified Pursuit. And we will see you guys next week. Merry Christmas, y'all. All the world is a snowball. See how it grows. That's how it goes. Whenever it snows. The world is a snowball. Just for a song. Get out and roll it up.